If you're ready to hear some great tips and tricks to have a really stylish holiday in your home, well, stay tuned and stay on with us. Grab your cup of coffee and join the conversation with Karen Fleming from A Curated Life. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. So today I have with me Karen Fleming. Karen has founded The Curated Life to satisfy her styling obsession and her need to celebrate everything. To nest at our best sometimes takes a professional. And boy, yes, Karen, I agree with that. Living and working in fashion her entire career, Curated Life is the natural evolution of Karen's brand of lifestyle styling. I'm so happy to have her here today. I've known Karen for quite some time. She's been in the fashion industry for a while, has a wonderful sense of style, and we are going to talk all about how to really make some things very festive right now through the holiday and through the whole winter. So come on along and join us. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Jill, thank you so much for the invitation. It's so great to catch up with you and happy holidays. You too. It's always good to talk to you. I wanted to have you on. I mean, we're in the throes of this holiday season, right? And you've got this new company called A Curated Life. And I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and A Curated Life. A Curated Life was actually born because I've just always been obsessed with interiors and changing my environment from season to season. And I try generally in life to make every single thing a celebration. Pizza night on Friday is an important celebration in my mind. So this really gives me a chance to, you know, harness that spirit that I have. I love that. And, you know, now more than ever, pizza night on a Friday night is really magical because with COVID and everything, right? Everything has just much stronger meaning, you know? That's the best word, magical. It's, right? you know, what we try to create. That's what you try to create every day. And that's what I'm bringing to the marketplace right now is a chance to sort of reimagine your days and your environment. I love this. And so, Obviously, with the holidays upon us now, let's talk a little bit about holiday decor because you're also really creative. So I'd love to just hear some of your favorite things, whether they're outside or inside, what you like to use, whether it's materials, things you like to do. Let's chat a little bit about that. I've got my little favorites. Like I, you know, I never use red and green at Christmas. I like using other colors and I like using things like faux fur, you know, so let's hear what, what you like. Well, I find that a lot of my projects for clients right now are starting from the outside in. I don't want to encourage a holiday light fight in any neighborhoods, but I do believe your front door presentation is important. And I like to encourage people and I do creatively interact with my clients to get them to sort of look at, for example, wreaths in a very non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. I love hanging two or three wreaths vertically Mm -hmm. anchored by some wider ribbon. I feel like it's so fresh. I love the idea even of a wreath 
on outdoor railings. I like multiples of things. I like to create a collection. So I love reads on shepherd's crooks, sort of going down your walkway. I feel like that's sort of an outside the box way to look at something that's normally very traditional. I love that. That's so fun. Yeah. And like, I try to do something in my pots outside my door and I, I call it like, I'll put it up around the holidays, but I don't call it a holiday arrangement because it's like a winter arrangement to me. I keep it up all winter because I get those like LED branches, you know, they've got lights and they look like divine. And I mix them in with like branches that I've, you know, either bought or spray painted silver or white and magnolia leaves. And it's just winter. It doesn't necessarily scream, you know, Christmas. What do you like to use in pots at the front door? I think to your point, festive is the Mm -hmm. way to go. Mm -hmm. I don't want to define the season. I think it is sort of just winter and the magic of winter. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm really obsessed with living trees. Mm -hmm. I sort of stumbled upon them and I love the idea of doing something at the end of the season that has a positive environmental impact. But I am also... Not great at putting together an urn, but I'm super great at dropping a super terrific living tree into some kind of container or an urn that has interest, something a little, you know, outside the box. I had really great luck with just a dumb metal bucket from Lowe's that I monogrammed. And I feel like it's the most glam solution. And it really was a great way to highlight, get a little shimmer and take something a little bit every day and turn it into a wonderful presentation. I love that. And even with a living tree, would you use like little white lights around it maybe too? I would definitely use white lights, but what you've said is a terrific segue into something else that I have discovered from the file of cheap and cheerful is solar spotlights. What a terrific way to shed light on your little vignettes in your presentation. So the fairy lights are wonderful, the LED lights, but I'm really enjoying the solar spotlights. I think you can't underestimate the value of good lighting. And that's throughout the year. You know, you don't have to be a lighting expert to use, you know, a $10 solar spotlight. Right. And that can even help, you know, a lot of years, it's like you want to spotlight the front door with the wreath, you know, that could be a nice, oh, what a great idea. I love that. And the other lighting element that I've had a lot of fun with, with clients this year was changing out porch lighting Mm -hmm. to gas looking bulbs. Oh, that's fun. It's just so inviting and chic. And it reminds me of an entrance to a hotel that I stayed in London. And I just, I like the European feel and I think it's so warm and fun. That's great. And can you get those at places like Home Depot, Lowe's or Amazon? Or is it a- percent. I yeah. think total investment for two bulbs was $40. But it's and great because- $40 of fabulous. Right. And the things we're talking about when we talk about winter, like for me, it's like, I ended up keeping those arrangements that maybe I intended initially to put up for holiday out all winter over the last, I don't know, several years, because, you know, it gets getting darker so early. And it was so nice having those little twinkly lights right at the front door. It was like an extra source of light. It just made everything feel better, the glow. And I think like the bulb you just talked about has this warm glow, you know? 
Absolutely. Oh, that's such a nice idea. I love that. I know people go, you know, crazy stringing so much stuff too. Any materials that just have like a lot of coverage without tons of investment? Oh my gosh. Do I rely on faux garland? Yeah. It's one of those elements that I feel like completely sets the tone. Yeah. They you know, vary from rustic to very sparkly and sophisticated. Yeah. And I even add it to indoor trees and outdoor trees. I've had wonderful results with a holly garland. So it just adds another layer of like depth and color. And if you have any bald spots in your tree, it gives you good coverage that way. And dollar for dollar, I feel like it's a terrific investment. And if you're doing an installation, which many times with lights, you have a lot of wires that peak and poke. The garland creates a really wonderful camouflage for that. If you want to see some of the installations I've done with garland, if you go to my website, Mm -hmm. curatedlifect.com. You can see some examples of where I've used garland, I think really, really well. I love that. Yeah. It's so pretty. I'm into the faux garland too. I use a lot of it also. It just, like you said, it can do so many different things. It can multitask. And what's cool is, you know, you can save it and pull it out year after year. You know, you have it once you buy it. A hundred percent. And I do think to your point of extending the season and having everything feel like a winter wonderland, it's something that I don't pluck and pack away immediately when the December holidays are over. It is something that I leave up because I like the texture and the interest. Very much so. I like that. And like when you're doing wreaths, I'm sure you do traditional wreaths and then do you do stuff out of other materials or crafty ones or whether it's indoor or outdoor, anything you like for wreaths that's your favorite? You know, it's interesting, but I'm experimenting now a little bit uh, late into the season with adhering colored bottle brushes Mm. to your point about holiday, sort of like stepping away from the constant red and green of the holiday Mm -hmm. and sort of going into those pastel tones. And I really, really enjoy a white wreath. A white faux wreath is super. I just am having a lot of fun with that. And even putting a tiny wreath on the back of a chair as an accent or putting it over the top of a reflective mirror with some ribbon, sort of using them in unexpected places. So every year I hang my, I have a round mirror over my mantle and every year I hang my wreath over there. I love hanging it over something reflective. Love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. You're sort of dreamy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's fun. It's really fun. All this stuff for sure. Let's get into table settings a little. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I'd love to hear about what you like to do for table settings to make them fun and interactive, decorative, all that. Well, for tablescapes, you've come to the right girl because I am Mm -hmm. historically a horrifyingly bad cook. (laughs) For me, my responsibility is always setting the table and creating a tablescape. And if I am going to serve food that I have sort of cobbled together, I really need the presentation to help with the meal, to be honest. 
next. Sure. I am a huge fan and probably will reiterate it during our conversation of candles. Mm-hmm. I just love the mood and I love the way the light plays off of the glassware and the flatware. Mm-hmm. I, I just like that sort of soft mood mm-hmm. as long as you stick to the cardinal rule that we both know, which is no scented candles on a table where you're going to be consuming food. Yes. Thank you for that good reminder for everybody, especially (laughs) at the holidays when there's so many scents out right now. Yes, exactly. And I'm just generally speaking, I like a rich sort of involved tablescape. I like collections of curated items, whether it be candlesticks with different Mm -hmm. candles and I like to mix it up. I like modern, I like metallic. I like Mm -hmm. to throw in some antique pieces. Mm -hmm. Really excited this season about a group of mercury glass pieces that I've collected all fall. Mm -hmm. And those have just created a beautiful shimmer and I've added some other elements and flowers and even some faux florals sort of weaved in and I'm a sucker for a great china piece and having some interesting shapes and sort of stoneware mixed in. Yeah, I love mercury glass. It's really a great thing to use. So nice. I think it's one of those things that you shouldn't pack away after the holidays. I think it sort of, you know, extends that sort of winter glam feel. Totally. Like that shimmer can feel good year round. I mean, it really can. So it's like, why not, you know, leave it out, which, you know, it kind of leads into my next question, which is, you know, there's definitely things to invest in that we can use year after year. Like we talked about the garland, but even if you have mercury glass pieces, those could remain in your house as an accessory throughout the year, or you're going to maybe pull them out year after year. So I think too, when people are purchasing things, knowing that a lot of this stuff has staying power. A hundred percent. And I think that You shouldn't be afraid to invest in heritage pieces, Mm -hmm. things that are sort of a forever heirloom. It's sort of what creates these collections and lets you reinvent every year. I'm always, always a treasure hunter. I'm always looking for the next thing that's sort of going to add to my curated collection Mm -hmm. or a theme. Mm-hmm. I'm just a collector by nature. So I'm always looking for the most unusual piece of glass or china. I like mm-hmm. a strong statement piece mm-hmm. as like a jumping off point. Yeah. So I think as long as you're collecting things that are meaningful and always, you know, curating the next story, that's what makes the pieces important. Well, it's funny. My grandmother had a set of teacups, but every one was, it was a teacup and saucer, but every single one was different. That but we loved it. And so then like at dessert at the holidays, I would pull, she gave me the set actually while she was alive, but then now that she's no longer alive, I have it. And so a few of the holidays at dessert, what I did was everybody's coffee got served in that, but even not at the holidays, I've used it at dinner parties. And so And it's weird because I remember being at her house as a little kid and remembering like she always had them in this China cabinet in the wall. And I do remember seeing them all the time and each single one was different, but they were so cool together. And that's fun too, like to find odd, you know, teacups and saucers. That's an easy thing to do off eBay or whatever and make yourself a little collection, you know? 
it's a conversation piece. In addition to that, I think the holidays and celebrations in general sometimes are, you know, in a happy way, remembering people and memories and places and things that have passed. Mm -hmm. And I think what a great tribute and everyone who sees that table and touches and uses those things knows that they're a cherished guest because you've used something so precious to you on the table. It's wonderful. Yeah, like I have a punch bowl too from my other grandmother on my other side. And we have a, a dessert we make every Christmas and Thanksgiving called Ambrosia. And I make it in her punch bowl. And it's like a very special thing that it's in her punch bowl. It's like oh a very it's like a very treasured bowl to me because it was hers. So yeah, although and it, like you said to bring it out, and, and I have that tradition because my parents always made it in that at the holiday. So I always grew up with that. So that's why it's so special to me. And she was a grandmother I never got to know because she died before I was born. But it's like very connective somehow to have that. Isn't that so funny? It must be our era, but I have my grandmother's punch bowl as well. And we used it in, you know, the 70s and 80s when I was a kid. And I remember my mom freezing edible flowers into ice rings and floating it in the punch bowl. And it was always something wonderful. And I want to say it was cranberry juice and ginger ale and a little vanilla ice cream. Yeah. glorious, you know, ice creations floating in it. But I mean, again, just another glamorous way to celebrate. And I was even mentioning on another episode recently that, you know, the holidays are looking different this year for people, but it's okay to make some new traditions too, you know, and those will then get carried down. And so mixing some new traditions with old traditions, it's always nice to have those past and future and present connections with kids and other generations. One of the catchphrases I use at Curated Life is festive feels good. Yeah, it's true. You know, we need it. We do need it. And we need it whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, any holiday, or if it's just that Friday night that's going to be coming up in February or March, right? When it's snowy and we're kind of stuck in, we're going to need the festive probably then more than ever is what I'm thinking. When you're desperate for it, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, you said it, desperate for it is right. We talked a little bit about color palettes because I think like anything else, thinking creatively is good. So you don't have to use traditional colors. If you like them, then I say like, put a twist on them. But do you have any palettes that you love to go to that you like together, whether it's the holiday or not? You appreciate my take on this, but I'm going to call metallic a color. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I like metallic just as an overall palette. I love the glam of it. I love the sophistication of any reflective services. I just adore it. And much like you talking about layering your wreath over your mirror, I've gone as far in clients' houses to change art out to mirrors at the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. No, reflective is important and metallic. Yeah. Well, again, it's that glow, it's that shimmer. And even like I talk a lot about stuff that's glittery. There's a lot of glittery things I found. Like I used ribbon this year and it was a glitter ribbon, you know, but it just that extra shimmer. I don't know. There's just something about it in the winter that is, it just feels good. That's all I can say. I'm the girl who gets glitter on her face during these projects and I don't wipe it off. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know it's true. The, I had glitter on me the other day and my kids and my husband were like, you have glitter all over you. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I really didn't. I'm like, I, it'll come off at some point. Who cares? Perfect. Right. I know. But I, you know, I'm with you in this, the sort of team about color. Yeah. I, I'm not the most traditional girl with the red and green, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, I, Red was my theme last year and due to repainting the interior of my house in gray, Mm -hmm. red has sort of evolved this year and I added pink to it. And I think that that pop is just magic. I really like the high impact. And when I meet clients who are slightly afraid of color, I always say, let's dip in with a small dose. Yeah, which is beautiful. And even using red and white. Yeah, I think that there's all kinds of choices. And, you know, like you were playing off the gray of your house. And I do think it's important to play off your house because sometimes you could put red and green in your decor and it doesn't really look that nice, to be honest. I mean, so it's nice to kind of pick up other colors in your decor too. To be honest, I'm not afraid of a project with a client. I like a black and white Christmas. I'm down for that. Yeah, me too. So if someone is, you know, just, you know, not open to color per se, like I think you can do a really beautiful cream and white Christmas. Oh, gorgeous, by the way. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, again, just having people, and I talk to people about this with their homes in general, like you can keep an open mind about it. There's no people tend to think there's a lot of rules and they're very firm. And I don't know who they think is going to sort of get them in trouble over them, (laughs) but I'm here to tell you there's no one. And it's like, okay, you know, I try to tell people that a lot in my messaging because I find that even with their homes, they feel so afraid. And it's like, don't, don't be afraid. This is all about personal expression. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other like tips or tricks you have or advice for holiday decor? Again, I just think you gave me the perfect segue to to answer your question. Yeah. I think that my role at Curated Life is to give people a fresh perspective Mm -hmm. on their surroundings and sort of the styling of their life. I think that fresh perspective is really valuable. Yeah. As much as I love tradition and I love the punch bowl, I don't want people to feel confined by their traditions. Yeah. You know, I think when we come together to plan decor, I think you have to think like, what if we move the tree? What if we add a Christmas tree? What if we, you know, relocate the stockings? I think, you know, what if you, you know, we're such a small group for holidays this year. Mm -hmm. What if the table got moved into the living room? Right. And we, you know, just glammed that up. It's sort of, I think, don't be confined by your traditions. Yeah. Sort of think about the reimagination. Like, what will New Year's Eve look like this year? How will holiday transition into that? And how can we be creative? So true. I mean, yeah, you were right on with all of that. I mean, I just, I couldn't agree more. It's a different year. And, and I think even aside from that, what you just said, even with the year not being different, it's okay to think differently. And I think even when we say tradition, it gets translated in our head as that's a rule and I can't deviate, but you can sort of incorporate and weave in part of that tradition, make a new tradition, Mm -hmm. you know, and something you think about differently might become something new where your family is like, oh, this is cool. And you end up doing it every year. And how nice is that? And then that gets handed down. So it's all 
it's all really connected and really good. I think that, you know, you can never tell where inspiration will come. That's so true. And then I think, you know, we've already touched on it, but one message I would have is, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about that you do with your table or your decor, it can be really what is called winter decor. So when January comes, you know, after the new year, uh, yeah, at some point the tree is going to come down, but maybe you leave your mantle. Like I sometimes leave my mantle up till February or certain parts of it. You could always edit it down and just leave a few sparkly things. Same thing with your front pots. Same thing with maybe decorating a table on a Friday night. Put some of that glimmer on it just for Friday night dinner with the family, right? Oh, I think that that is such an important point. I almost relate it to seasonal affective depression. Mm -hmm. When the tree comes down and the lights and the baubles go away. It's so depressing. And I can imagine if you celebrate Hanukkah Mm -hmm. and candles have all been lit and you're through Hanukkah and you don't have that, you know, moment of candlelight and coming together and a special meal. Like I think there are things that need to remain. And again, to touch on candles for me, they always stay. Yes, candles. And and I think even if you celebrate Hanukkah, you could have some, and you don't have a wreath up at your front door, but you might have urns and get some of those LED lights. They're not necessarily Christmas. They're definitely winter and holiday. And I think just even having sparkle on your mantle. So having a mercury glass vase, you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be so specific to Christmas, but you can definitely have things up that I think are just winter. I think that helps brighten January and February. Even the amaryllis bulbs that I always buy every sort of winter season when that little green sprout pops up and you get that totally intense, beautiful red amaryllis, you think like, I can go on. I'm going to make it till March. I know I'm going to make it. That so burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have this joke because I do not have a green thumb at all. I barely look at something and it like drops dead, but I amaryllis, I do every winter and I put a few of them in the house and you let them burst. And you, like you just said, it's this burst of color that is like joyous. It's just it's, it's life affirming. And I feel that way about, you know, the can candles and having fresh flowers in the winter months. Like we need the romance of it. We do, you know, and flowers is a nice thing to remind people of too. keeping fresh flowers in your house. They look pretty. The smell is nice, right? Even any living plants, any living thing is helpful. I think during that time, you know, a hundred percent. And I do, I'm a recycler and mover of pieces and hopefully reimagining things. I create smaller vignettes out of some of those holiday pieces, you know, the little cut crystal vessels and the mercury glass. I sort of invite those things to sort of create a little vignette on a coffee table or a beautiful sterling silver etched tray sort of brings those things together. Anything that evokes winter and makes you feel less depressing. Yes. No, I love what you're doing. I love your whole approach and I love your philosophy. And so this has been so fun to talk about all this. And I think this will, and I hope it will, you know, really help people. And I hope it will inspire everybody to, you know, do something creative, have some fun with it. Don't feel like there's so many rules, you know, and just whatever your personality is and likes, go for it. You know, if you love ribbon, use a lot of ribbon. I even saw garland this year and it was made out of bright, colorful pom-poms and it was so cheerful. 
You know, I bought some Jill. You did? It was oh, so yeah. fun. I was like, where can I put that? Like, it just, it was so happy. You know what? It makes you happy to look at it. And I would say if, if you come across something and it evokes that in you, get it and decorate with it, right? Agreed. Bring joy. Exactly. Bring joy. So I'd love to close the show by letting our listeners know where they can find you, websites, any social media platforms, because I'm sure a lot of people will want more of this, Karen. You're wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I would just love to encourage your listeners to visit my website, curatedlifect.com. And I just look forward to the opportunity to reimagine their spaces and their style with them. I am sort of still developing my presence, but you can follow my entrepreneurial journey, so to speak, on Instagram at sugar and skirts. That's wonderful. Yeah, we'll tell everyone to follow you there. Again, so happy to have you on. This was such great timing. I know people are, you know, scurrying around right now to make it as festive as as we can get it. And this was all so helpful. Thank you, Karen. What a pleasure to connect with you, Jill. Thank you so much. You too. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Karen as much as I did. What great ideas she has. She has such flair and such style. And in her new company, she does things that are so special, things you wouldn't think of and so special and so beautiful. So definitely check out her new website, follow her on Instagram. The business is new and just starting out. So I'm sure in time, there's going to be even more that she can show you, but you can also reach out and DM her. Her services are amazing. And you know, like I said, I've known her for quite some time and she's always had such a wonderful sense for fashion and style. And now she's bringing it, you know, to life in this way, which I think is amazing. So I know I learned some great tips from it. I hope you did too. And from my home to yours, I will see you here next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really love doing it. And if you're enjoying it as much as I am, please head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to hear from you and I would love the support on the podcast. I happen to have on my website, if you go to jillcalmaninteriors.com, some great freebies for you. So I have your mini moving guide and this is all the things you might not think about, some little quick tips to get you settled and on your way to moving to the suburbs. I have a home planner, which is an amazing thing to help you plan out design because interior design sometimes falls at the bottom of the list once you've moved in and then you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed because you haven't planned for it. So the planner helps you do just that. It's in a really easy, simplistic form. It's free to download and it'll help you reach your design goals. I also have a moving organizer. And before you move, you're going to want to get this. This has all the checklists and all the pages you are going to need to Go through your home search, find the right home, get settled and get through all those details. And that's available on my website for $29. So head on over. There's lots of freebies and lots of things for you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.